Hi there, everyone. Welcome once more to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And today we are going to review and discuss an interesting film called Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Hidden Figures is a true story based on the lives of three African-American women, Catherine, Dorothy, and Mary. These three women are brilliantly portrayed mm-hmm. by, in order, Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet, who in 1960 were working for NASA in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Virginia at that time had Jim Crow laws. Exactly. That was pre-civil rights, which was very difficult for me to look at because I was alive then. I certainly remember NASA and what they were doing, and I didn't realize there were an awful lot of African-Americans, mostly women, who were Mm -hmm. working as what they called human computers, trying to get all this done. And they were working in this one area, which is marked for colored only. Mm -hmm. If they had to go to the restroom, they had to walk half a mile to another building. Correct. If it was raining, too bad, because that was the only colored restroom Mm -hmm. for women in the whole place. So this was very disturbing and very shocking to me. But what was so wonderful and so empowering and inspiring Mm -hmm. is to see what they accomplished and how without them, there would have never been a John Glenn orbiting the earth for the first time. Exactly. It was just a wonderful, wonderful film. And by the way, their supervisor on this job Mm -hmm. is Kevin Costner, who plays Al Harrison who was also terrific in a wonderful supporting role. I was very excited by this film. Well, there's much to marvel about in Hidden Figures. One marvel is that the film never gets preachy. A lot of movies that tackle subjects like this and the issue of prejudice in the workplace will editorialize on screen. They'll have a character start a sermon, so to speak, and never shut up. And we know what's going on is wrong. So Hidden Figures is much more subtle than that. I also like the fact that we get to see these three women accomplish everything that they wish to, but they do it with a lot of class and they do it with courage. Then the other thing that we can marvel about is that a lot of movies that feature geniuses, they always want to show you that they have a screw missing. For example, (laughs) in A Beautiful Mind. I was thinking the same thing. Exactly. Or The Theory of Everything. You know, they were wonderful men or geniuses, but they had some eccentric side to them. They made them rather rotting characters, if you want to know the truth. Yes. In this case, these women don't have that quality. They are giving, positive, and they're tremendous role models. They do accomplish their dreams, and they do so with power, determination, desire, but without any personal ego or glory getting in the way of achieving their dream. This is a remarkable trio of women. It really is a remarkable trio. And the fact that they are working for Kevin Costner, who is living in this Jim Crow era, Mm -hmm. who really comes around to realizing the tremendous potential he has working for him. And the other two people that were kind of supervisory in this film and are not vicious to the black people, but not very supportive of them either, are uh, Kirsten Dunst. Well, actually, she's a very racist boss, and her character's name is Vivian Mitchell. Exactly. Who refuses to give Dorothy, played by Octavia Spencer, a supervisory position. And she is doing a supervisor's work, but she will not allow her to move up in the world of NASA. 
until she finally breaks the racial barrier and does so by dint of her achievements. Absolutely. Now, the character played by Taraji P. Henson, Mm -hmm. Catherine Johnson, works in a room with all white men. Correct. And her immediate supervisor Mm -hmm. is Paul Stafford, and he's played by, of all people, Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Perfect casting. Absolutely. Eh? Listen, if Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory ever decided to leave college and go to work professionally, he'd wind up at NASA. Exactly. And he is resentful that mm-hmm. Katherine Johnson is coming up with so much astonishing stuff. Well, she's solving the complex problems that leave all the rest of the guys scratching their heads. They can't figure out how she knows how to solve everything. She's brilliant. She is a mathematical genius. Correct. And then we have Mary, played by Janelle Monet. Now, she has to move mountains in order to attend an all-white engineering school. She was prohibited from doing that because of the segregationist laws and practices in Virginia at that time. But eventually, she wears them out. She gets in. She takes night classes, even though she's got a day job and is trying to manage her home life as well, and graduates and becomes NASA's first female black engineer. Yes. Let's hear it for all these women. (laughs) What a story. Oh, yeah. I was so thrilled by this movie. I didn't realize that there were that many African-American women working for NASA at that point. I agree. I didn't either. It finally got to the point where Colonel John Glenn, who was going to go up into space for the first time, and there was a problem as to whether they were going to be able to bring him back or not, and they had to do some mathematical stuff. And he said, I'm not getting into that capsule until I hear from Catherine. (laughs) Catherine Johnson, right. Absolutely. And wow. Thrilling. It was so astonishing. And you know John Glenn's huge celebrity after that, eventually becoming a senator from the state of Ohio. Of course, we lost him very, very recently. And this was a film that you can't help but tear up several times. I agree. There's another aspect of this film to marvel at, and that is that these women were not only accomplished in the workplace, but the storyline of the movie actually shows them being productive, wonderful charitable, giving women at home. These are absolutely paragons of womanhood to me in this movie. And it was so great that the movie didn't show them to have a lousy private life or to be uncharitable human beings. Uh, In fact, it shows them to be absolutely terrific all the way around. And that's something that most movies today don't do. They want you to know that there is a rotten side to everybody and so on. (laughs) That's not part of Hidden Figures. I just thought this film really saluted women and women of all ages and women of all ethnicities. There's another part of it, too, that those three women knew that what they were all about was to have a place in history. They knew that they represented the best in women, that they were representing the best in black women, and for all of America. Quite a film. It really is. Because of that, Anne, I am very proudly and happily giving this film a green light. Everybody has to see it, and everybody has to realize what these women and the women who worked with them did to change the course of American history. I agree with you. Okay. Also, a shout out to the scriptwriters for their breezy, breezy dialogue. It was written by Tom Melfi, Theodore Melfi, and Alison Schroeder. 
Mr. Melfi does double duty because this movie was directed by Theodore Melfi. Yes. This wonderful script just keeps the action moving all the way through. So for me, Hidden Figures, it's a solid green light, and that's my calculation. Okay. Both of us are giving green lights to Hidden Figures. We're very excited about that. We hope everybody will go see it. We'll come back and review another film very, very shortly. We hope that you will be with us at that time. Until then, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you won't be a hidden figure the next time you attend the movies. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. 